So, uh, what you up to? Well, I was looking outside, and it looks like a nice sunny day. Mm, cold though. Nice, yeah, it does look a little cool. So, I'm thinking maybe we should just stay in the house for another hour or so and think of something to do. Hmm. Hey, have any more stories? You know, I was sitting here thinking this morning about, you know, we are now into the winter months. And, uh, and I was thinking about the bear going into hibernation and probably all curled up and sleeping away. But yeah, I got thinking about this bear story. And I was thinking maybe that's the bear story I should share with the audience today. It's not going to be one of your tall tales again, is it? Oh, no, no. This is definitely <laughs> one of the most truest tales I've ever told. <laughs> okay, okay, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Well, let me have a little drink of tea here first and to wet my palate, and then we'll get on with the story. Ah, there. I'm all good to go now. Okay. Well, this story started many years ago when I was a, a young lad. And I'm trying to think how old I would have been. I'm thinking maybe in the, somewhere between 10 and 12 years old. And it all started back when uh, most of the young men here on the reserve uh, worked in town for one of the local mills. So they would head down to the mill like 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. And when they walked by the house, they always let a hoot out of them or yell and I'd hear them. <laughs> They'd wake me up, but then I knew them, or they were just doing it on purpose. So anyways, they would go down, they'd work in a mill. And then after lunch, uh, you know, the day would start getting pretty hot, so uh, around 1 or 2 o'clock, they would call it the day down there, and they'd walk all the way back home, which was about, you know, 2 kilometers or so, which was a good day, quite a little walk. And so they'd come home, and they'd, they'd take it easy for the rest of the day and, and just stay out of the sun and just relax and sometimes have a little nap and... And then after supper, they would go back in the woods to cut uh, what they call stave wood. And the stave wood was used for making wooden barrels. And so it only had to be like three feet, three and a half feet long, something like that. And so they had this deal with this local fellow in, in, in the town, and he'd bring up a wagon once a week, and he would leave it back there in the woods, right in, in the stand of, of this poplar stand of trees. And that's what they'd use for these stave wood. And so anyways, they, uh, they would go back in the evening with their pulp saws and their axes, and they would, they would start cutting wood and, and loading this trailer up. And then the, once they had a load, then Buddy would come up with his horse, and he would haul the, haul the wood off to the, the stave yard. So every once in a while, I'd kind of tag along, thinking that was going to be a big help, but most of the time I was just in the way, and they'd give me little errands to do and stuff. And so one time we were back there, and I was running around there just being a nuisance and trying to help, but never really knew what my role was there with them, but they always liked letting me hang out with them and being in the woods and stuff, and that was fun. My job sometimes was just to, you know, warm up the teapot or something or whatever was going on or fetch some water or whatever they needed. And uh, so this one time we were there, and it was coming on dusk, and uh, one of my uncles said to me, he said, hey, Frank, you got school tomorrow? And I said, yeah. Do you have homework? And I said, yeah. Well, then you better get on home because uh, we're going to stay here and fill up the wagon. We only have another hour or two work here, and, and then we're going to 
you know, run our kerosene lamps and finish finish this load up so we can we can get a little extra money for this week. And so you better get on going. And so I said, oh, okay. And that kind of surprised me a little bit because I I uh, I wasn't really used to walking, you know, in the dark and, and at night. And so, and was, but I said, well, if I walked out around the road and, and go all the way back home, it's going to take me probably. 15 20 minutes and that's going to put me home after dark and uh i said ah i'm not sure if i want to do that or not and i don't think my parents would be all that that happy with me knowing that i was walking around in the woods after dark so but i had another option now i could cut down across this ridge and go down over the ridge and and, and go through an old swamp and go up across the barren and that might save me you know 10 10 minutes or more if I, you know, didn't fool around too much. But the only thing about going that way was down in the old swamp, there was an old bear hole that the bears would go down there and they'd roll in the, in the mud and stuff to cool themselves down and stuff in the summertime. And there was one old bear down there and he was big. And I don't know how old he was, but I remember the boys tried to trap him one year and they actually caught him in a trap. But he was so big and strong, he just pulled his paw right out of the trap. And, and But it must have broke his paw a bit because when it healed, it kind of, it was bent a bit. And the reason I know that is because they would show me in the, in the mud hole sometimes where bear tracks were in it. And there was this one great big old track. I could put my whole foot in it. And his bit, his front paw was bent inward. And, and he only had like three claw print marks that would leave in the mud so you knew that something was wrong with his paw so you always knew when he was around because you'd see his tracks in the mud and he was down in this valley also and the boys kind of said well you know if he's that old and that big and strong let's just leave him alone let's let him finish his life out there as natural as possible and so they never bothered with him again but he kind of was the the ruler of this this area it's his territory and so I had to make the decision. Do I want to go down through this swamp and across the bear hole, knowing that this bear might be there and I might have an encounter with him, or do I go out around the road and then I have to deal with my parents, especially my mother? And I got thinking, who do I want to take my chances with? And the more I thought about it, I said, I think I'll take my chances on the bear. <laughs> and so off I went, and I took off down over the hill, and I was jogging along pretty good, and, and as I started coming down to the lower part of the hill and heading close to the swamp, I, uh, I would stop and I'd listen to hear if I could hear any sounds of any bushes cracking or any, you know, growling or anything of the bear or, or bears. And so I started getting closer and closer to the, to the bear hole, and I finally was able to look up over the bushes, and I looked in to where the bear hole was, and there was no bear. And I said, oh, thank you. And I just held on to my heart. And, but he was still making me nervous. And so I walked by it kind of slow. And I looked down. And on the grass, you could see something had just come through the grass. And there were still little beads of water on, on the blades. And the, it was kind of muddy water there and stuff. And so he, something had just come through there. And I looked over a little farther. And there was a nice... Um, mud hole there and sure enough here's this big old bent paw right in the mud and I said oh my that big old bear was just here and so that made me really nervous and my hair stood up on the back of my neck and everything and I got a little little 
excited and I so I, I, I jumped over this little brook and I started up through these bushes and there was like alders and stuff and I was I was getting kind of all tangled up and I couldn't move and I was kind of trying to swim through them but but I was I couldn't get anywhere and I was getting really nervous and and all I could think about was this bear and just out of nowhere just whoo these great big paws just come around and right around my arms and and just I was stuck they were stuck right down by my side and here's these big hairy paws and and I said oh my I said I'm gonna die right here and I kind of looked around I could feel this breath on my neck and I looked around and well first I looked down and I could see the bent paw and then I knew I was in big trouble and I looked around and here is the bear's face right there on my shoulder and I could feel his breath on my neck and I said this is not good and I said what am I gonna do and I don't know why I did it but I just turned around and I gave that bear the biggest kiss right on the lips <laughs> and it freaked the bear out that it let go of me just for a second and I took off running and I got up on top of this little knoll and there was a, a, a tree sort of half the uh, blow down and I had to jump over it and when I did I caught my knee on it and it pitch pulled me and I went tumbling and I got up and I looked back and to see how close the bear was to me and here was the bear standing there just on the edge of the swamp looking up at me beckoning me to come back with his bent paw <laughs> I never turned around I just ran and ran and ran all the way home and uh, to this day I go down in that area now and all the birds and squirrels and stuff all start chirping and singing and laughing and saying, oh, there's that great bear kisser. <laughs> okay, guys, let it go. Thanks for listening to Trails, Tales, and Spruce Tea. I'm your storyteller today, Frank Muse. And I'm the listener, Shallon Jodry, and podcast producer. <laughs>